Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our Saxon Location Pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Good. Well, um, let me just share some thoughts with us today. And in fact, these thoughts, um, this is crazy. And this is how God works. They line up with a lot of uh, what we were just being ministered to about. Okay, so there's a theme to today, all right? And uh, we're gonna continue down that theme. And I wanna share uh, a message from Mark 2, verse one. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to it. It'll be on the screen. Um, does anyone actually have their Bible with them today? Yeah, there's a couple. Yep, Rodney Bowater, an actual Bible. Yeah, I think we have two actual Bibles. Come on. There's a real Bible in the house. Amazing. Everyone else has it on their phone, but guarantee yours will probably die by the time we get to the end of the message. (laughs) Jokes. I want to share a message that I titled for today, An Unexpected Miracle. An Unexpected Miracle. This is what it says in Mark 2, verse 1. Let's read the story together. It says, A few days later, Jesus had, Jesus had again entered Capernaum and people had heard that He had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And He preached the Word to them. Some men came bringing to Him a paralysed man carried by just four of them. Since they could not get to Him, uh, sorry, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the great crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there and they were thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk this way? How can he say that? He is blaspheming. For in fact, who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man that your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? I want you to know that the Son of Man, talking about Himself, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So then He said to the man, just to back up His point that He can forgive sins, He says to the man, take up your mat and go home. The man got up and he took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything quite like this. We've never ever seen anything quite like this. It's an amazing story. Jesus takes the opportunity to showcase to the entire world, not just those that were in the house, in the room, but to the entire world that He actually has an authority. He's demonstrating His authority. The authority of what He actually carries is not just that of man, but that of God, which gives Him the ability to heal the sick and to also forgive those of their sins, to forgive of our sins. This is a in story about an unexpected miracle. And I wonder if you've ever received something that was unexpected. I wonder if you ever received a gift, maybe that was unexpected, but also was unwanted. Anyone ever had an unwanted gift given to them? What do you do with that gift? Do you know, you, like, have you ever re-gifted anything? Anyone? Like it's still in the box as well. Like you didn't even try. You know, you didn't even, you didn't even attempt. I know some people have done it. I've never done it myself. So just judging you for a second. When Alicia and I were dating, I think I was about 16, uh, she bought me a gift, okay? It's the one and only gift she's ever bought me. No, jokes. 
But she, she randomly messaged me, right, throughout during a week once and said, hey, I bought you a present. This is what Alicia likes to do, just so you know. When she buys something for you, she first likes to tell you about it just so that you get like a little bit of like excitement in your life. And she also just wants to like, she almost wants to actually break the secret and tell you that she's bought you something, almost tell you what she bought you. Anyways, she's like, yeah, I got you a present. I'm like, this is amazing. Cool. She's like, yeah, I'll give it to you at church on Sunday. This is when we were like 16. She was, I think, 20. No, she was 17. <laughs> she's like, I'll give it to you at church on Sunday. So I'm like, yeah, sweet. I'm excited about church. I'm pumped to go to church. It's going to be a great time. And so I come to church and I'm like, where's the present? She's like, I'll give it to you after the service. So I'm like, since for the service, I'm like, come on, Dad. Like, let's, you know, come on. <laughs> the final song, you know, like, come on, guys, just end the song. It's great, but just close the service. She gives me the gift after the service and I'm unwrapping it. Right? And as I unwrap it, I discover uh, what this gift is. And in my excitement, uh, my excitement kind of changed when I realised what it actually was. Okay, this is what she gave me. She gave me a book, all right? A 16-year-old boy, well, me and personally, did not enjoy receiving a book as a gift. And the book was called, I don't know if you know it, it's called For Young Men Only. <laughs> Mum, don't laugh so loud. <laughs> my gosh. It was a book that was all about how guys should treat a girl. <laughs> what it takes to be in a relationship. I think it had like the byline. It was something like a guide to the alien gender. That's what it said. <laughs> just that's just a little bit of insight. Oh man. And I remember my response was just, and you've made, maybe you've done this. I was just like, what is this for? You know, like what's, what's this for? And she's like, babe, you know, it's to help us. It's to help our relationship, you know? And I was just like, oh, this is disgusting. I remember thinking, I remember thinking, this isn't going to help us. This is hurting our relationship right now. Like I was expecting some clothes or some shoes or, you know, like just cash. I mean, I said, I think I said next time just cash will be fine, you know. I just wanted something else. I thought this is a lame gift. I wanted something else. But she's like, no, this is going to help. You need to read this book. Read this book. And I don't know, she was probably just thinking about the fact that one day we might get married and it would be good for me to know how to treat her, you know, and we obviously did get married, so it worked. It's all good. Okay. But that is not what I wanted. It's not what I expected. It's not what I thought it would have been. I mean, like, I just remember thinking, like, this is nothing to be excited about. It's just a book. Um, but that's just me. Like, no offence if you would have been excited about that yourself. Anyways, the thought I want to unpack today is this, is that I think we can be guilty of sometimes doing a relationship with God, focusing just on getting what we think we want or what we think we need. Maybe just what we want from God. Going through seasons, living like this is all about what God can do for us. So concerned about what's going on around us in the natural Oh God, I just need you to help me today. God, I don't know where you are, but I just need you to save me today from my children. You know, I need you to just, God, where, where are you today? You know, when, when the actual truth is, is that being in a relationship with God is about what's actually going on within us. It's about what's happening within us. God is most interested today with what's going on with the inner you with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. I wonder what's going on with you today. What's happening? What's going on? How are you doing? You know, we all hate that question. How are you really doing though? But how are you, you know, how are you really doing? While, this, while there is a lot of turmoil in society, 
and there's disagreement and we see disunity and there's this war breaking out and there's what feels like a lot of messiness around us. People feel like life is still on hold because of this whole COVID season. Or maybe you've got family members who themselves have COVID or, or there's a business that's starting to slow up or I don't know, whatever it is. We do need to continue to believe, to have a faith, to work on our unbelief that God is still faithful, like Graham taught us last week, that we need to continue to believe that He is always faithful, that He's always working in our situations, that anything is possible for those that believe. But today I wanted to share the idea that God doesn't just aim to help you with your problems. No, He actually wants to bring freedom to your life. He wants to bring freedom to every part of your life. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus' main mission was to find a way that we could know Him, actually know Him, not just know about Him, not just know about this person that seems to be doing nice things for other people, but that we would actually know Him personally and know His freedom for our lives. And so we come to this story in Mark 2. And this is a great story. Like Jesus has, has become so popular. So like it's, we're only into the second chapter of this gospel and already Jesus is filling a house. Think about that. Like he, there's been just a few miracles. It's just been the beginning of his ministry journey and already he is able to fill this house. It's standing room only. People want to see what Jesus is all about. The, the crowd want to know what can Jesus do? You know, imagine someone's just like, let's see a miracle, bro. You know, come on, do something. We want to see. And so he's preaching and he's probably like about to deliver like the best point that he had. Like he was about to just bring it home. And, you know, you know, he was like the best preacher ever. I mean, he was the Word himself. No one can beat that. Like no one. So when he was preaching, people would listen. And as he's preaching, some dust, just imagine, some dust just starts to fall from the ceiling. You know, imagine it right now in this room, like, you know, people would be a little bit angry. They say it's Peter's house that they were in. Some scholars believe that. You can imagine Peter being like, hey, what's going on up there? And then this kind of like cracks start to form and then rocks start to fall through and, and a bit of like dust and dirt and hay and straw. Sounds like it's one of like the three little pigs um, homes that they're in. <laughs> and then there's this opening and light starts to come through the ceiling and all of a sudden there's some people starting to peer in and there's Jesus and Jesus looks up and He sees, the Scripture says very clearly, He sees the faith of the friends that are lowering now this crippled man into the centre of the room where Jesus is. And He says to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders hear that and they cannot believe it. They're like, oh no, you did not. They're like, this is inappropriate. You do not have the right to be able to say that kind of thing. And, and I can imagine that one of the guys who was dropping the, the, their friend down, you know, hearing Jesus say, son, your sins are forgiven. And his response is like, what did he just say? He's, what did he just do? He just forgave his sins, thinking... Didn't we, isn't it clear? Isn't it obvious that this dude is paralysed? Like Jesus, not his sins, his legs don't work. Like fix his legs, fix his legs. So you've got all this stuff going on and I can imagine that that, that might have been quite an intense moment. 
It could have been a very intense moment. And then Jesus goes ahead and He displays His power and His authority as the Son of God, confirming that He can forgive sins to the religious leaders who are questioning who this is to be able to make that claim. He backs it up by proving He can do it by healing the man's legs. It's, that's a massive thought. There's so much in that. But the healing... Um, comes, he tells the man to get up, to take his mat and to walk away. And then they praise God. And the Scripture tells us that this is something that they have never seen. They've never seen anything like this before. They, they came in potentially expecting something, but they got something that was very unexpected. It wasn't just about the legs on that day, was it? Not just about healing the legs, but he did something else. He healed the man's heart. He healed the man's heart. And I, I want to ask the question, why did, he, why did he not heal the man's legs first? Why did he not heal the man's legs first? That's what they brought him there for, right? That's why they brought him into the house. That would have been everyone's focus. That would have been what everyone in the room would have been looking at and expecting that he would do. But sometimes what our focus is isn't actually what God's focus is. In fact, sometimes the things that we focus on in life will see as the main issue or the main thing. It's not even really on God's radar. He's got things that He wants to sort out first before He can deal to the other thing. So we make something the biggest thing in our life, but He's like, actually, there's something else that we need to talk about. Why did He not heal the man's legs first? It's because God cares more about the heart. God cares more about what's going on on the inside than what's going on on the outside. He cares more about the state of your heart, my heart. Psalm 34 verse 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Jesus works miracles both physically and spiritually. He's close to the brokenhearted. And that's not just talking about sad people, by the way, who've been through some tough times. That's people who actually have a heart or a life that is broken. Maybe there's been sin or mistakes or there's been things that have gone on and it's left them feeling like they just are living a broken life. The Scripture tells us that it doesn't matter how far you feel or how distant you feel, God always is close. And, and this might sound strange, but when we read this story about this man, it's so obvious and it's, so, it's such a big thought that Jesus, He, just, he forgives sin before He heals legs. Sounds kind of weird, but he does. He cares about what is happening with the paralyzed man's legs, but his beginning work is with what's going on on the inside of him. Why? Because the state of our heart will affect the decisions and the actions that we make and the, the places that we go with our life. What good would it be if you were to be no longer a cripple in the physical, but still crippled in your heart? What good would it be if you, you had your legs healed, but then because of your heart, your legs took you to a place that you shouldn't be going or do a thing that you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be doing? If your heart was still crippled by hatred or shame or guilt because you know you've fallen away from God's will for your life. I mean, you might be waiting for something to change around you right now, but God is just waiting for an opportunity to change something within you. He's just waiting for a chance to do something within your life, to bring transformation to your life. The Scripture tells us that those that are in Jesus Christ are no longer an old creation. They're no longer old. The old is gone. They are, in fact, a new creation, brand new, wiped clean, a new slate. We are all made new. And each and every one of us is all included in this, by the way. You never graduate out of this. You never graduate away from the forgiveness of Jesus. 
We are all actually included in this. We're talking about sin in someone's life. And every single one of us actually is still considered a sinner. We still make mistakes. I make mistakes. My parents make mistakes. The elders, <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of like this, like the, you know, the, the, the spiritual people. It's, it's not just the spiritual people, people that we consider spiritual. Actually, every single one of us is included in this moment. We all need Jesus to make our lives whole. It's an unexpected miracle. It's, it's, it's something that we all need, His amazing forgiveness. And it's the key to stepping out of what could potentially be a paralysed life, a state of living with paralysis, should we call it that. So that's great. It's a great um, story. I want to point out though that within this story, the man's journey to healing doesn't happen if we don't have these four men. Jesus is obviously the key part of the story. He's the one who can actually do the work and heal and forgive. But the story doesn't happen. We don't read about it in the Bible if it wasn't for these four men who actually made the decision that they want to carry this person on this mat to where Jesus is. We don't, we don't have this story without, without them. They are, in a way, like kind of like sideline heroes to the story. You know, it's like, it's like um, if you've ever been in the ambulance, and like an ambient, you know, someone who say works for St. John's or shout out to Carissa, actually, she used to do that. But we used to um, have, um, uh, we had a couple of ambulance rides with our um, daughter, Brioni, okay? In her short life, she's had multiple trips in an ambulance because of uh, uh, febrile convulsions, that's what they're called. And you may have heard of them, or you may have seen them. Basically what happens is the child's, um, fever spikes, and uh, to shut it down, their body goes into a sort of fit, a, a kind of like a, yeah, a convulsion. Their eyes roll into the back of their head, their lips go blue, their, their skin changes colour. They basically stop breathing for a small amount of time. And, and you're just there as a parent thinking, this kid might be dead. Either that or they've had too much sugar. Like it's hard to tell right now what's going on. <laughs> But when the ambulance arrives and you've got the, the you know, the, the medics and you've got the, uh, the, the driver and everyone else, the whole team, all of a sudden the whole situation changes. It's like, oh, we're going to be okay. Oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're going to be sweet. We're sorted. We've got someone who's going to be able to take us from where we are right now to where we need to be to get some proper help for this little girl. And it's amazing. And it's like that, I think, when it comes to these four guys, that they are so, they're so key. I think we would often say that in the story, when we read it, we relate to the person who's on the mat and who's paralysed. We would naturally think that that person is a representation of us. This is my lot. This is my mat. I'm stuck here. You know, I've got something going on in my world that has made me paralysed and I have no options but to sit on this mat and that is it. And I want to suggest today that maybe that's correct in some senses, but for today's message, I want us to really apply what the four men actually do. I want to apply the actions of the four men to our worlds and to our lives. I want to suggest that the four men are actually a representation of you and me. The man on the mat can represent today the issue that you're facing. 
could represent the battle that you're up against. Maybe it could represent the spiritual sickness or the distance that you feel from God. It can represent the sin or an addiction. There's a mat and there's on that mat is just whatever it is. If you feel you've been carrying around and it's holding you back and it's a struggle and it's a battle and you're trying to maybe find a way to get this thing off the mat that you're carrying. Anger, could be doubt. It could be the stress of a financial situation. It could be fear about the future. It could be the shame that you carry because you feel like maybe there's just been a sin in your life that you're not able to get away from. And we carry this thing around wherever we go, slowing us down, disconnecting us from God. Our relationship with God can start to become stagnant and stale. Whatever it is, we know that we can't fix this problem ourselves. We actually know we have to get to Jesus. Like the four men, we, they just knew. They just had to get to Jesus, man. They just had to get their friend on the mat to where Jesus was. We have to be like these men. What do they do? I love that they have faith that says Jesus is the only option. And you and I must have a faith that says Jesus is my only option. For every day, for every moment of our life, we have to recognise that faith is not something that we could just step in and out of. Oh, it's not just like something that maybe if it feels right, I'm gonna go for it, no matter how good or bad the season is. No, Jesus must be our only option. I wonder, in fact, with these guys, how much time they would have wasted if they took the time to just like try out some other things. You imagine if they made some phone calls to their friends to just like see if they had some thoughts or some advice on what to do or who could, you know, check this guy out or, or maybe there's a professional that they wanted to come in and have a look at this dude at this issue and, 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 and maybe there's a friend that they then rang and, and that friend was like, oh, I know, I know. I heard about this guy, Jesus. They're saying he's the Messiah. He just healed some people just like a couple of days ago. You know, he just like drove out some demons from a man. Like, oh, it was crazy. He might be able to help. He might be able to, to do something. And I just love this thought that when we are like these men carrying around something on a mat like this, that we have to at some point allow our faith to rise up, to take a moment to remember what God has done in the past, to come back to the fact that Jesus has always been there that in our life all along the journey, we can recognise the moments, the hot points where He has turned up and when He has actually done a work within our life. Just take a moment and look back on the journey and just see where you've maybe noticed that actually that was God. If it wasn't for God, I don't know if I would have made it through that season or that stage and understand that He is the same yesterday, today and forever. It's the same Jesus. He's done work all along the way and He still wants to do it within our life. And because of that, I can say, I believe in the work of Jesus. I believe in the name of Jesus. He is my only option. So I'm not gonna stuff around going to other things and testing out the water in other spots. No, my only option is to actually come back to the name and the power and the authority of Jesus. I've seen it before and I can't not go back there today. He's my only option. He's the only option. We can't keep treating Jesus like He's our last resort. No, he, he, we have to go to Him as our first response. Something goes down, I'm going to Jesus. Something goes down, I'm not gonna gossip about it. Someone offended me, I'm not gonna just take it to everyone else. I'm just gonna go to Jesus. 
They go to Jesus, that's the first thing they do, that's great faith. I love this thing, that they do this amazing thing, it's crazy, they turn up to the building and there's a house and there's all these people and the door, I mean, the door was probably just like completely jam-packed. They probably couldn't find a way into that building. So they had to find a door. They had to find a door. It's, it's crazy. They had this kind of faith that as they turn up to this building and they see that the door is blocked, they understand there's no way into G, to where Jesus is, but they still find a way. And maybe along the journey somewhere, you thought that the door has been closed to you in regards to your relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you found yourself actually, you know, agreeing, yeah, I do believe Jesus is the only option. And so you make your way towards where potentially He could be or make your way towards this house, let's call it that. But then it's like, there's this door and this door is blocked and there's no way through. And you're wondering what is going on. I want to share that there is always another door. It might be on the roof and it might not be a door. You might actually have to break through it. I think that sometimes we don't recognise that actually our relationship with Jesus isn't always just easy going and, and like just like chilled out, but actually it requires some breakthrough every now and then because the devil, he just wants to do anything he can to separate you from what Jesus can do in your life. He loves to put something in the way. He loves to put a door of doubt in the way. Oh, I don't think Jesus can help me today. He just loves to, he loves to put fear in your life. I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen. I'm afraid of what people might say. I don't wanna go to church. I don't know what people are gonna think of me. He puts the, a door of shame in the way. I'm not good enough for this. Jesus, I'm not good enough for you. So I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna try. I think that we should be like these men Never see it like it's too hard. Never see it like it's just a reason or an excuse to give up. Jesus said in Matthew 11, that the Kingdom of Heaven has suffered violence and that the violent take it by force. What does that mean? It means that the Kingdom of Heaven is all about breakthrough, that He is the God of breakthrough. And at the point that you feel like breaking down, it might just be a sign that you're actually close to breaking through, that there is a door just a step away. Maybe it's time that some of us start digging again. Maybe it's time that we actually start to realise I need to actually get to work. I need to do something here. I need to put my faith into action and start to dig a hole in the ceiling. I don't know what that looks like for you. Let's just see it as a metaphor right now. It sounds kind of weird. Don't go and dig a hole in anyone's ceilings. They may not appreciate it. But I think for some of us, it's just time to start breaking through some things. And maybe you already have this morning and that's amazing. Break through in the worship. Come on, break through with your praise. Come on, break through with, you know, coming back every day to being devoted to the Word of God. Daily devotions, it's kind of old school, but I love the idea. I don't have to do my daily devotions at a certain time and it's gotta be a certain length, but I just live my life devoted daily. Every day, every day I'm just walking with Jesus and that's my breakthrough. And the third thing, the last thing, and Dad almost sung about it already. It's called, by the way, Pastor Brent's my dad. If you're wondering why I'm calling him dad, that's weird. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It took great faith for these men to decide to carry the man. It took great faith to then get up on that ceiling and dig a hole. It took great faith maybe even more faith. Maybe this is where their faith was tested the most. 
where they actually decided that they would lower the man on the mat down to where Jesus is. Because it would have been so awkward if they had done all that work, if they had lowered him down to discover that actually Jesus wasn't healing on that day. Jesus hadn't planned to heal on that day. Maybe if it wasn't His agenda, but He looked at them and He saw their faith and their faith could be seen. I love that their faith could be seen. Isn't that amazing? Their faith wasn't heard. Come on, their faith wasn't just something that Jesus sensed maybe, but Jesus actually saw their faith because while faith is of course needing to be paired with actions, it needs work, it needs something, it needs us to put our hand to the plough. He sees their faith and He sees their boldness, their determination to bring their friend to Jesus. And it proves that they have a real faith, that they counted on Jesus healing their friend because it would have been a lot harder to lift that man back up to the ceiling than it was to lower him down. It would have been a lot more work. They counted on that man walking out of that room, not coming back up the way he went in. No, he had to walk out of that room. There's no other way he had, to, he had to get up and walk. And maybe for you, you got to that point and it's like, you're not sure if you should actually go ahead and lower the mat down. You're not sure if you can let go of whatever it is that you're carrying around on that mat, whatever it is that is holding you back. And I wanted just to encourage someone today. I feel like it's time that you stop doubting. Stop doubting the work of Jesus. Stop doubting the work that God can actually do in your life, that God actually wants to do in your life. I don't know what you came here expecting this morning, but I really believe that God wants to do the unexpected in your life. That there's an unexpected miracle for each and every one of us. It may not be necessarily the thing that you feel you need or want the most. (laughs) It might not be a pair of shoes. It might be a book that actually gives you some advice or some thoughts on how to do a relationship well. That sucked in the moment, but it actually turned out really good for me because I got the girl. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sounds weird. We need to be prepared for an unexpected miracle. It may not be something that we like in the moment, but it's something that we need for the future. We need to hand it over to the One who can restore. We need to hand it over to the One who can actually heal. We need to hand it over to the One. He's the One who gives hope. When we need hope, He's the one who can actually set us free. He's the one who makes us whole. He is the one who before He can do the work on the outside, does the work on the inside. Before He can heal the broken legs, He heals the broken heart and He forgives our sin. He wipes our life clean. And whatever you're carrying on the mat today, I just just really sense it that Jesus, He wants to take the weight. He wants to lift the weight off your shoulders the stress or the strain or whatever it's caused in your life. I mean, we can picture it right now. There are empty mats all over this place. There there are just empty mats. Just picture an empty mat. It's an empty mat. And it kind of looks like an empty tomb where Jesus' body was placed, where He lay for three days when they crucified Him, when they killed Him, when He gave His life for us. But we know that He'd go into that tomb He'd lie down on that mat, but he'd never stay there. It wasn't created for him to stay there. No, that stone was rolled away. And what did he do? He got up and he walked out from that place. I think that today, just like that, this is just another mat. It's just another mat. It's just another opportunity for Jesus to display the power and the authority that he has. Because the same power 
that conquered that grave, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in this place today, is doing that same work today. He's here today. He is clearing out mats. He is emptying tombs today. He is bringing what is dead in our life back to life today. He's bringing whatever is holding us back in life. Oh man, He is setting us free from that today. And uh, I just think if we could take it to Jesus right now, Come on, if we could do what we can to just break through that door, if we could make the decision, I'm gonna be bold enough to let go. I'm gonna be bold enough to release it to Him. Then we can actually see a great miracle, an unexpected miracle, yes, but it's the one we need today. It's the one we need. Come on, let's, let's close our eyes, shall we? Let's pray to finish. We need to pray, we need to finish. I wanna pray that this is exactly what we would find. For those online joining us, this is for you as well. Whatever it is that this mat represents for you today, I'm gonna pray that we would be able to give it over, that we'd be able to hand it to Him, believing forgiveness for your life and also believing for that healing work within your world. Father, right now, God, I just lift up whatever the mat represents for every person in this room, for every individual, God, for whatever is is in our lives, whatever we're facing. God, right now, I just thank You that as we have the faith to bring it to You, oh Lord, to bust down that door and then to let go, that God, You would take it from us. I declare mats to be emptied today. (laughs) Oh Lord, that there would be no more feeling of being paralysed or stuck where we are. Regardless of what's happening around us, we know that You are a good God, that You still have a great plan, that there's still more in store for us. We just believe right now and declare in faith more for our lives. There are greater things ahead than where we are right now because God, You are the best thing and You are our goal. Right now, God, I just speak forgiveness out for the person in the room that feels like they haven't been able to forgive themselves because you haven't yet understood the forgiveness of God in your life, the forgiveness that God actually has for your life. Man, it is a big thing for Him just to say you are forgiven. But son, daughter, He sees your life. He sees what's going on. He sees what's going on beyond just what's on the outside. And He says, it's all good. He says, you're forgiven. He says, you're amazing. He says, I just love you so much. So much grace for you right now. He's covering everything right now and bringing healing to the parts of our life that need it. God, we just thank You for that right now in the Name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Fantastic. I'm gonna get Mum to jump up, but before we do, um, Mum's my, there's my Mum, but she's our pastor, pastor of, what the heck? That's weird. I've never felt so awkward about that. Hey? That's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, now it just got awkward. I think that um, just before we finish, I, it would be amazing just to give an opportunity for anyone to start a relationship with Jesus. And um, we'll finish um, right now, but I, I wanna just um, give anyone an opportunity to say yes to starting a relationship with Him. This whole thought, it's, it's about obviously taking to Jesus the things that we're facing, the things that we have, but it starts with the forgiveness of our sins in our life. It starts with our world being wiped clean. That's what Jesus came for. That's, that is His primary focus. I've said it like a thousand times this morning. It's all about the heart. It's all about your heart. 
He sees your heart. He knows what you're going through and He wants to be in relationship with you. And uh, maybe just with every eye closed, just in this moment, just let's just out of respect for everyone, wherever you're at, Jesus knows. He wants to do this journey with you. He doesn't want this, you to do this thing alone. I wanna pray a prayer. And uh, just where you're, where you're seated right now, um, in fact, we'll pray a prayer. We can repeat repeat the prayer after me. Just say what I say. And if right now you're like, yeah, that's me. I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. Just believe it in your heart. Just receive Him today. Come on, just receive His forgiveness. Maybe it's not the first time. Maybe this is a recommitment that's okay too. He is pumped about that. In fact, the Scriptures tell us that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home and comes back to the Kingdom of God. So repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus. Say, Dear Jesus, today I come to You to give my life to You. I recognise that You are my Saviour, that You are my Lord, You are my everything. I thank You for what You did on the cross when You died for me and You took my sins. Right now, I receive Your forgiveness. I receive Your grace and I receive the future that You have for me. I'm declaring that You are mine and I am Yours. In the Name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Amazing. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.